0: One of the greatest blessings in the world to me is to be a husband and a father and now a grandfather. In fact, it's one of the things for which I've worked my hardest in life to be a good husband, a good father, and now a good grandfather. In fact, I just want to be the best at it. Christmas for me is very important because it celebrates the birth of my Savior. But having my wife and my children and my grandchildren now to celebrate it with me makes Christmas even more special to me. While many people in the world have abandoned their faith, most people still recognize Christmas as the time we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Christmas ought to make us want to be better people of faith, better husbands and fathers and grandfathers, better mothers and daughters and grandmothers, better servants of God. That's what Christmas ought to do. It ought to stir within us a desire to be all that God has created us to be. Christmas is a wonderful time to introduce people to the Savior we know. Jesus did not just come to the world so we could celebrate his birth. He came to die for our sins so we could have a personal relationship with God. Jesus came so that God could be with us in our hearts, in our lives, and one day take us to his kingdom to be with him forever. Jesus was born to be the Savior and King of the world, but it has to start in our hearts. We must receive Jesus into our hearts through faith in order to truly experience the power of His presence. Can you imagine how Joseph and Mary felt on that first Christmas when they looked into the face of that tiny little baby and held Him in their arms and they looked at Him and saw the face of God? God gave this young man and woman the most glorious experience that any two people could ever have as this father and mother brought this little baby into the world to save the world. Now, we've looked at Mary's faith. We saw her last week, a faith that would cause her to say, whatever you want for my life, God, I'm willing to do. But what about Joseph? Did Joseph have that same kind of faith? God was calling Joseph to be a father like no other. But through this man, through his faith, we can see the hand of God at work in the past and even today in the present, preparing the world to receive the King of Kings. Today, let's look at the next person of interest, Joseph. In the the next important figure in the Christmas story and let's see the kind of faith that God can use to change the world. Matthew chapter 1, I'll be there if you'll turn with me in your Bibles and we'll look at that passage together as we dissect it and see what the Holy Spirit might say to us today and how it can make a difference, how our lives can be different in this Christmas season. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we have worshipped you. Lord, I have I needed it, Lord. In the busyness of this season, there's so much to do, Lord. We're seeing people that we haven't seen in a long time, and Lord, we're uh, we're trying to be family and friends, and Lord, we are. Uh, some people are trying to fill voids in their lives, and others are trying to just get through this season because it's painful. God, people, we don't know where everybody's at. People. We don't walk in each other's shoes, but Lord, one thing we have in common, we have one Savior. Whether people receive Him or not, the whole human race has one Savior, and that's Jesus. And I pray that, Father, that as we listen to Your Word, as the Holy Spirit teaches us, I pray that You would show us what we must do this season to be the sons and daughters of God that we ought to be. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the story of Joseph begins with his genealogy found in Matthew 1. Genealogies were very important to the people of the Bible. Uh, A person's genealogy told him whether or not he was a Jew or a Gentile. Now, Remember that a Gentile is anyone who is not a Jew. And the Jews were descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. For we Gentiles, it's interesting to see from where we came. I know uh, Brother Wallace helped me with a family tree, and I go back to it every once in a while I look at it because it's so fascinating to see where, from where we came. And for Gentiles, I like to, you know, we come from all over the place, right? I mean, you know, we... Most of us have come from Europe, some of us different places. But, uh, you know, wherever we're coming from, Europe or Africa or China or the Orient, anywhere, anywhere we're coming from, it's interesting to look back. But these people in the Bible, these Jewish people, for them to know their family, that was crucial for them. Because the Jews were descendants from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob... They were the children of Israel. Jacob was renamed Israel. So they, are, they were the descendants of the children of Israel who received the law of God and were the heirs of all the promises God made in the Old Testament. And so it was very important for them to know their family line, to know which tribe they were from. And when it came to Joseph, his family line was not just important for him but for the whole plan of God to bring the Messiah into the world. Throughout the Old Testament, God gave information about the family line of Messiah. He gave promise after promise concerning the coming of the Savior. According to these promises, the Messiah was to be the king of Israel. And if he were to be king, he needed to be in the family line of the kings. The question is... Was Joseph in that family line of the kings? And that's what we want to see when we look into his genealogy in Matthew 1. So this morning I want you to think about two things. First of all, two things make Joseph a person of interest in the Christmas story. And first of all, Joseph is an instrument. Of the redemptive plan of God. Now that's a a broad statement because, and a very important statement because not only was he an instrument in the redemptive plan of God, but just let's face it, you and I are part of that plan also. The plan of God to redeem the world. But in Joseph's day, he was an instrument in the redemptive plan of God, guided by the eternal purpose of God. Joseph and the people in his ancestral line were part of God's redemptive plan. Because as the son of Joseph, Jesus also laid claim to Joseph's family line. And that's why Matthew began with these words. Look at it, the first verse of Matthew 1. The book, can you read with me? The book of the what? The genealogy of who? Jesus Christ. The son of David. Then he went on the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. This is the genealogy of Joseph, but Matthew says it is the also the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The first names in the genealogy of Joseph, or Jesus, was Abraham and Isaac. And what a beautiful story of redemption we have in Abraham and Isaac, don't we? God told Abraham to take his son Isaac to Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. And Abraham Abraham heard God and Abraham walked with God and heard God and his legs went to work, went to walking and he took his son Isaac And he took him to Mount Moriah. God said, sacrifice your son. Wow, sacrifice your son. And there Abraham went with his son. And when they got to Mount Moriah, Isaac said, Father, I see the wood and the fire, but where is the lamb? And Abraham answered, my God will provide for himself a lamb. And God did. God did. not only did God stop Abraham from killing his son Isaac and gave him a ram in the bush to kill, but two thousand, nearly 2,000 years after Abraham took Isaac to Mount Moriah, God provided His own Lamb of sacrifice for us. And that Lamb of God was Jesus. Paul said, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Then next we move on through the family line of Joseph and we see the name Jacob, whom God renamed Israel. While Jacob had 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel with their descendants, God chose to continue, to continue his redemptive line through Joseph and Jesus through Jacob's son, his fourth son, Judah. Judah. And we see that in the scriptures. Judah, verse 3, Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot, begot Ram. Ram begot Amminadab, and Menadab begot Nishon, and Nishon begot Salmon. Now, so, which tribe, from which tribe was Jesus? The tribe of what? Judah. Remember what Jesus is called? He is called the lion of the tribe of what? Judah. So, Judah, Judah Joseph, and Jesus is through the lion of Judah. Now, notice something else. Uh, verse 5: Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab, Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, Obed begot Jesse. Did you notice those names? Rahab, Boaz, R- Ruth. It, it was Rahab. Remember when the children of Israel were about to enter the Promised Land. Before they w- <coughs> went into the Promised Land, <coughs> Josh, Excuse me. Joshua was sent 12 spies out into the land. They go into the city of Jericho. And as they went into the city of Jericho, they went so they could see the... Size and fortitude of that city. How hard was this going to be? The the wicked citizens of Jericho stood in the way of God's people entering the promised land. What happened? Those spies could have been taken and killed except for a woman named Rahab. She wasn't a very good woman at the time, but she had faith in God enough to protect those 12 spies. And then later on, when Joshua and the children of Israel went in, crossed the Jordan River, went into the Promised Land, marched around Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down, Rahab was spared. And what happened to Rahab? Rahab Rahab uh, was the mother of Boaz. Now, Boaz, think about Boaz for a minute. Boaz was a very rich man. When When Ruth's husband died, Ruth, when her husband died and left her a widow, she kind of clung to her mother-in-law, Naomi for a while. But then, all of a sudden, she meets a man named Boaz, a wealthy man that owned fields. And Ruth went out to glean in the fields, and Boaz noticed her. And, And Boaz, here is this widow woman named Ruth, because remember when women, when their husbands died, they... They were pretty much dependent on everyone else. And she went out and she cut grain in the fields. Boaz made sure she had some real good grain, some real good wheat to, 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 to cut and such as that. So here is Boaz now. He sees Ruth. He falls in love with Ruth. I mean, she's beautiful. And he, she falls, in, he falls in love with her. Thank you, Brother Steve. I appreciate that very much. And uh, she falls, he falls in love with this woman. That's great, thank you. He falls in love with this woman. And then uh, he was going to do, according, according to the law, what should be done. So if a, bro- if a man died, his brother should marry his widow and raise up children. Okay, that's what should happen. But, uh, but the two brothers were dead. Ruth's husband, he was, de- he was dead and his brother was dead. Naomi had two sons. So they looked for a some. They looked for the next of kin, and they found him. And the next of kin. Uh, they found that Boaz was related, but Boaz was not the next of kin. So Boaz went to the next of kin and said, "Hey, uh, Ruth's a widow, and you will you do what you're supposed to do?" And the man said, "I can't do that. I'm." I'm tied up with an inheritance here, and I'll lose it if I marry Ruth. said, I can't do it. Boaz said, the man said, you do it, Boaz. Boaz said, wonderful, because he loved Ruth anyway. And so Boaz married Ruth. He paid the price for her. He redeemed her. He paid a purchase price for her. And then Boaz took Ruth as his wife. And just think, that's a picture of the love Jesus has for us. A love so great that He would leave His throne in heaven and give up everything to purchase our redemption with His own blood. Why was Jesus in the line of Boaz? Because Boaz was the near kinsman. Boaz was related to Ruth and married her. And how is Jesus... Our near kinsman. How is Jesus related to us? He, God became flesh. He is related to us as a human being. He was God in the flesh. A body He made for Himself so that He could be related to you and He could be your Redeemer. And He could pay the price for your salvation, for your deliverance with his own blood Paul said in Ephesians 5 husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her the church the bride of Christ is still getting ready for the day when Christ Jesus as king of kings returns to this earth for his bride and gathers her up to be in his presence forever so from Boaz and Ruth were was born Perhaps the most important of Joseph's ancestors. Notice what happened here. Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed. Obed by Ruth. And Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot who? King David. King David. David. David that fought Goliath under the power of God and killed him. David. David who was elevated, who was hunted by wicked king Saul, the first king of Israel. But God put David on the throne. David was Israel's greatest king. He loved his people. He moved the capital of Israel to Jerusalem. And most importantly, he brought to Jerusalem the tabernacle. The tent that contained the Ark of the Covenant and the Shekinah glory of God. David brought the presence of God to Jerusalem. Which would and ultimately would lay the foundation for the temple his son Solomon would build in Jerusalem, where one day, where one day the tabernacle that had stood there which was just kind of glory of God, one day Jesus would walk into the temple, and he would cleanse the temple, and he would sit down in the temple and he would teach the people, and just think about that day. In the Old Testament, it was this invisible Shekinah glory of God. But all of a sudden, the visible God, the presence of God, Emmanuel, God with us, goes into the temple at Jerusalem and makes himself known there. And when Jesus walked into the temple, that whole temple became a holy, the most holy place on earth because there God dwelt with his people so Jesus was not just not just the, uh, a king, but he was the very presence of God. And so Jesus is prophet, priest, and king, you see. He went into the temple to intercede for us on the cross. You know, the day that Jesus died, the veil of the temple that separated the Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant it was torn in two. So Jesus opened up. God to everyone who would believe. Because of David, King David, Jerusalem became the most important city to the redemptive plan of God because there, in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, there, the Lamb of God would suffer and die on a cruel cross for the sins of the world and bring a fallen human race into a love relationship with a holy God, so that if we put our faith in Jesus as our only Savior, we can be brought into the family of God and made an heir to a future kingdom where Jesus will rule and reign over the whole earth as King of kings and Lord of lords. Isaiah said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace there will be no end. Eternal King. Upon the throne of who? David. And over His kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Jesus was in the line of David because Joseph was in The line of David. God had a plan for redemption. Where the king of kings would come. And he came through a man, through Joseph. Who was in the line of King David. Notice the kings who ruled in Israel after this. Israel and Judah. All all these kings we read about in the Old Testament. Were the ancestors of Joseph. The husband of Mary. The foster father of Jesus. Verse 6. Uh, David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah. Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram. Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz. Ahaz begot Hezekiah. Hezekiah begot Manasseh. Begot Manasseh. Manasseh begot Ammon, and Ammon begot. Josiah, and there's the last really of the great kings, Josiah, what a great king he was, the boy king. That Joseph was in the royal line of King David, made Jesus a rightful heir to the throne of Israel. I just wanted, It's not on PowerPoint, but let me read the rest of these. Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after that, they were brought to Babylon. Jeconiah begot Shealtiel, and Shealtiel begot Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begot Abiud, and Abiud begot Eliakim, and Eliakim begot Azor. Azor begot Zadok, Zadok begot Akim, and Akim begot Eliud, and Eliud begot Eleazar. Eleazar begot uh, Mathon, Mathon begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Joseph is in the line of these kings. And so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David till the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon till the Christ are 14 generations. Isn't God an amazing God? Amen? I mean, how amazing is that? That Joseph, again, was in the royal line of King David, made Jesus a rightful heir to the throne of David, just like Isaiah prophesied. Though Jesus was not the natural-born son, natural son of Joseph, Joseph was his earthly father, chosen by God's own design to raise the Son of God. Again, Jesus was... He had no earthly father, no natural earthly father, because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit through Mary. In Mary's womb, God made the baby form. And that brings us to the second thing that made Joseph such an important person in the story of Jesus' birth. And that is that Joseph is an example of pure faith in God. Look at verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found a child of the Holy Spirit. Mary became pregnant before she and Joseph had consummated their marriage. Joseph had nothing to do with the miraculous conception. It was all God. Joseph had remained pure in his relationship with Mary. He had remained pure in his faith toward God. Pure, and he could expect the same thing of Mary, couldn't he? Imagine then what he must have thought when he heard the news that Mary was pregnant with a child. According to the law, Joseph had every right to divorce Mary and demand reimbursement for the price that had been paid for that marriage. I want you to think about his emotions. Just try to think about them. What Joseph would have felt when he who had remained pure in his faith found out that Mary was carrying a child that was not his. What kind of feelings do you think he had? Bet- maybe Betrayal, mistrust, anger, resentment, retaliation. All these and more could have been going on through the mind of Joseph. But what we know is this, verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, And not wanting to make Mary a public example was minded, made up his mind to put Mary away secretly. Uh, Rather than hurt Mary, Joseph who loved Mary thought about quietly walking away from the marriage and keeping Mary away from the public disgrace. Joseph was a just man, a good man, A man of faith in God, and it was his faith that moved him to the next part of God's plan. God gave him a personal message of assurance. Verses 20 and 21. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name, what? Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Whatever Joseph was facing, whatever he was contemplating, God gave him the answer. The the angel said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. It, this was not what Joseph expected. It was not the simple life he had planned for him. Joseph was from Nazareth, and Joseph, Joseph was planning on working in Nazareth. His father was probably a carpenter, maybe his grandfather, and here he was going to do that carpentry work. He was going to build things with his hands. Everything, though, was changing. His life, his future, his plans, they were all upside down. And Joseph had a fear of the unknown. You know, that's the greatest fear, isn't it? The unknown. What lies ahead? The unknown. Joseph had that fear. But one thing was constant with Joseph. His faith in God. And that's why he could trust God. That's why he overcame that fear. Their first child would not be his child. But Joseph, a man of pure faith, would have the greatest privilege ever given to any man to raise the Messiah, the Son of God. You know, God instructed Joseph to do two things as, the man, as this man of faith that he was. Number one, care for Mary and the child as a husband and father. Wow. Take care of Mary. Joseph, don't be afraid. Go ahead and marry Mary. And then when that baby's born, Joseph, you take good care of him. And then second, Joseph... I know it's customary for you to call your son, name your son after you. But Joseph, when he's born, call the child Jesus and introduce him to the world as Jesus. Now, that's what Joseph did. Verses 22 and 23, notice. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. You see, here is the promise of God again. The plan of God for... This is why Matthew put this down. So that we will understand that God just didn't snap His fingers and everything just happened this way. God had planned this birth for th- over a th- for thousands of years. He had planned it. And He planned it through this family. And He used this man of faith named Joseph. I mean, if you just... I don't know how Joseph grew up, we have no idea, but somehow he learned faith in God and now he's a a young man and he's still trusting God and he's really having to trust God. His faith was put to a test. Maybe your faith this Christmas is being put to a test. Joseph's faith was put to a test. And Joseph, and all of this happened, Joseph, Matthew said, all this happened that the promises of God for our redemption would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Joseph was part of this. Joseph had a choice to make. He could walk away and find another wife and raise a family the normal way. Or he could be the instrument of God that would bring the Savior into the world. He could be an instrument in this line that went back thousands of years. Joseph was called by God to be the earthly father of the greatest child ever born. Joseph was called by God to introduce Emmanuel to the world. But again, it was going to take real faith. Pure faith. Every day that Joseph was with Mary. Just think about it, God. Think about it, men. Every day, watching this wife, watching your wife start to grow and know that that's not your baby. How could he do it? His faith. He had to believe that this was all God. And that that he was called by God to be an important part of this Christmas story. A very important part. Did Joseph have that kind of faith? Yes, he did. Verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife Mary, and did not know her till she had brought first brought forth her firstborn son. And he, Joseph, called his name what? Jesus. That's right. Joseph did exactly what the Lord had commanded him to do. And, and the result was a blessing not only for himself and for Mary, but for the whole world and for us today. Was Joseph a good father? I believe he was. I believe he loved Jesus as he would love his own son and even more. I believe Joseph loved Jesus and protected him and was careful to set the best example for Jesus that he could because Joseph believed what God had told him, that this little baby was the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Can you imagine how Joseph felt knowing that? I mean, think about this for a moment. Can you imagine living every day with your Savior? I, I, I mean, just let's think about this for a minute. Imagine living every day with your Savior's eyes on you. Watching everything you do. Watching, hearing everything you say. Watching you respond in all those situations. Just think about your life for a minute. Just think about a Savior watching you, folks. That's Little Jesus watched his his earthly father, Joseph. And what kind of, I mean, think of how that must have gripped Joseph to to know that God's son was always watching him. Well, how does it make you feel to know that your Savior is always watching you? Because he is, you see. The same Jesus is watching you too. Every move you make, every word you say, what kind of example are you setting Talk about pressure to be a good father. I mean, Joseph had it. Now, Joseph may not have known all that it would mean to be the earthly father of God's son, but but like Mary, Joseph accepted everything God had for him, every part of God's plan for his faith journey. And when Joseph believed, he willingly obeyed. Remember, folks, true faith. Listen, I've said it so many times. True faith, real faith has legs. That's right. It has action. You can't just say, I, I believe. You've got to show that you believe. James, James the bro, half-brother of Jesus, said, you know, the son of Mary and Joseph James that wrote the book of James and the Bible. He said, faith without works is dead. When Jesus was born, Joseph named him Jesus, Yeshua. Joseph introduced, took his baby, Boy, down to the uh, to the to uh, the synagogue or wherever he was, and took him in, or the temple, wherever he took him, and and there, he the rabbi circumcised him, and he says, his name is not Joseph, his name is Yeshua, Yeshua, that's the Old Testament word for well, English translation Joshua, Yeshua. His name is Joshua. His name is Yeshua which means God saves. Jesus is the Greek name, the Greek translation. Yeshua. His name is God saves. (laughs) And yes, Joseph believed God saved through Jesus. Believed that Jesus was the Savior. Again, Joseph was not dealing with the normal. He was part of the miraculous Christmas story. And by faith, Joseph obeyed God. and, And that faith overcame all the fear of the unknown that lay ahead. Joseph believed God was going to save the world through this little child that he introduced to the world as Jesus. And today, redemption, salvation, forgiveness, eternal life, heaven, is only found through faith in that little miracle that Joseph held in his arms, the Christ of Christmas. Peter said, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven except through the name of Jesus, whereby we must be saved. God used Joseph to protect Jesus, to care for Jesus when he was a tiny baby and a child. After he was born, wicked King Herod would send his soldiers, and we'll look at that in the later passage, and try to kill all the baby boys to get rid of the Messiah. But again, God spoke to Joseph, and Joseph believed, and he was a man of faith in God, and he took, Mary and Jesus to safety in Egypt. Joseph loved Jesus and protected Jesus throughout his life when he could not care for himself. Joseph loved Jesus, protected his life when he could not protect himself. He was a little baby. Jesus didn't come to be as a, as a man. He was born a baby, like, like babies. Joseph watched Jesus and cared for him. He was a human father. As a child, Jesus watched Joseph's good life, a life of faith. Joseph's faith led him to take Mary as his wife. Joseph's faith led him to take Jesus as his adopted son. When Jesus was eight days old, Joseph's faith led him to announce him to the world, introduce him as Jesus. As Jesus grew, Joseph took him to the temple for one of the feasts. To worship, and Je- that's what we read in the Bible, and Joseph taught Jesus to love God and obey His commandments. The first things Jesus learned about the, about the commandments of God, the Word of God, was from His Father. We don't know much more about Joseph, but what we do know is that he and Mary had other children, brothers and sisters, including James and Jude, who have letters in the New Testament we read. He had those children after Jesus was born. More importantly, I believe what Jesus learned from Joseph was about having real faith, about being a husband and father and man of faith. And that's our faith lesson today. What did we learn from Joseph? That that, that Read it with me. True faith leads to obedience and enables us to overcome our fears. There are some people afraid this Christmas. They are. I can think of some. Maybe they're... Laying flat on their back, and they don't know if they'll ever walk again. Maybe their loved one's on a ventilator. They don't know if they'll ever come out of the hospital. There's a lot of fear. Maybe they've heard a terrible diagnosis and treatments ahead, and they don't know what they're going to do. Who knows? There are so many unknowns in this life. But like the angel told Joseph, he said, don't be afraid. If you trust God, you don't need to be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife and the baby within her. Joseph did as he said. Did as God said, and Joseph overcame his fear. But when Jesus became older, when this little baby that Joseph raised, when Jesus became older, Joseph could protect him no longer. For Jesus gave up his life on the cross to save those who would put their faith and trust in him. And today, as then, in order for us to be saved we must hear the word of god and believe it and obey it and when we do when we believe in this christmas child it brings salvation to us and gives us an opportunity to introduce our savior to this world what do you think joseph would have said if he were talking about jesus to his world perhaps he would talk about how jesus was the perfect child now i don't mean he didn't cry because jesus cried he was a baby. He, he needed nurturing. He needed feeding. He needed changing. He needed teaching, just like any other child. But what Joseph could really tell his world, and what we could tell our world, is that in Jesus, when we look to Jesus, we see God. That faith in this Christmas child is the only way to experience the presence of God. To refuse Him, to reject Him, to forget Him is the worst mistake anyone could ever make. It was almost one o'clock in the morning when the phone rang and Dr. Leo Winters, a highly acclaimed surgeon, was abruptly awakened from his night's sleep. There had been an accident and his skilled hands were needed for immediate surgery. The quickest route to the hospital happened to be through a kind of a, a tough area of the city. But with time being a critical factor, it was worth the risk. At one of the stoplights, Dr. Winter stopped and his door was yanked open by a man with a gray hat and a dirty flannel shirt. i got to have your car, the man screamed, pulling the doctor out of his car. Dr. Winters tried to explain to the man, wait, the gravity of the situation. I'm on my way to the hospital, but the man would not listen. He just took his car and he tore off. Well, when the doctor was finally able to get a taxi to the hospital, uh, over an hour had elapsed and he was too late. The patient had passed away 30 minutes earlier. The nurse said, Dr. Winters, the father is in the chapel wondering why the doctor never came. Dr. Winters walked hurriedly to the chapel to explain what had happened to him. And when he entered, he saw the father kneeling on the front row. He was wearing a gray hat and a dirty flannel shirt. Tragically, he had pushed from his life, this father had pushed from his life, the one who could have saved his son I wonder how many people this year are so focused on their own plans, their own busyness, their own gift-giving that they are pushing aside the real reason for Christmas and the importance of knowing Him through faith. Like Joseph, let's look to Jesus and introduce Him to our world as the most important part of our lives. Would you bow with me? Folks, this Christmas, let me just ask you, what is the most important thing to you? What is the most important thing? Are you pushing Jesus aside for something else? If you really have received Jesus into your life, then what kind of father are you? What kind of mother, what kind of son or daughter of God are you? If you have real faith, are you letting people see that faith in action? Are you letting them know about Jesus? Are you introducing people this Christmas to your Savior? Why don't you pray and ask God right now? Say, God, who can I talk to? Who needs you And Will you give me the opportunity to say or do something that they would know the real meaning of Christmas? Maybe you need his presence today in your life. You need Emmanuel to be right with you, inside you. Pray with me and receive Jesus. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for coming into the world. I wasn't there, but I believe it. I believe every word of it. I believe you were born I believe you died on the cross for my sins and I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe in you, Jesus, that right now, if I ask you, if I repent of my sins and I turn to you, I believe you'll come into my heart. So right now, Jesus, I'm sorry for all of my sins. Please forgive me for all of them in my past, my present, and my future. And I ask you to come into my life I swing the door open wide and say, Jesus, come in. Bring your presence inside of me and make me one of your faithful children. I want to live for you, Jesus. I make a commitment to follow you and to introduce my world to you this day. Thank you, Jesus. You're the greatest gift I could ever receive. Thank you. If you prayed that prayer, boy, the... It's a great prayer you could pray, and let's see if your faith was real. Do something with it. Be faithful to God today. Father, I pray as we're singing, I pray, God, that uh, you'll continue to, to, to speak to our hearts as you already have. Your word is precious and true. Thank you for Joseph's faith. I pray we'll have the same kind of faith and that it will make us the kind of person we ought to be. Lord, I love you, and I would just praise you for coming into the world, and as we... As we sing now, let, us, let this be an offering of ourselves to you, Lord, to, be, to, to introduce our world to Jesus. The whole world needs Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Sing, Rusty. Stand with us as we sing, Gentle Mary, Lay to Her Child.